Well, good morning, everybody. Y'all doing all right? Tell your neighbor good morning. You hadn't talked to them yet. You got to tell them good morning. You're sitting by them today. They may distract you during church. You want to set a precedence. Hey, before we jump into the message today, how about last Sunday? Man, all the people, all the music, am I right? Come on, that wasn't just your old school Easter. That was new school up in here. Shout out to our worship team, our production team. And uh, how about glow in the dark Easter for the kids? That was awesome. And all of our hospitality team and all they did. Uh, you guys were hungry because there was not a donut left. And uh, yeah, and then Brenda didn't get a donut. <laughs> and then and then there was donut residue all over the place in here. I like that. Because if it's messy, that means people were here. That's what I'm talking about. If it's not messy, that's a problem. I'm not saying make, make a mess. I'm just saying be here. That's what I'm saying. Be here. Be here. So last Sunday was, was fun. How many of y'all caught a good nap last Sunday? Man, at my house, it was like nap time till 8 p.m. And then we went to bed at normal time and still slept. Come on, it was good. It was good. And so here we are. We're the week after Easter. And Taylor Swift's doing concerts all over in the area. But we're still at church. Am I right? All right. I got a message today. In fact, I got a series today. I'm going to introduce it to you. I want you to go to the book of Exodus chapter 3. And I don't know how long we're going to talk about this. It might be a few weeks. I don't know. We might get enough of it today. Probably not, though. Probably go for a little bit. Because the Lord has been speaking. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Let me say this. I wrestled with this. I knew it was what we needed to do. But then there's what you're supposed to do after the Easter crowd for church. Supposed to follow it up with this big old discipleship series. That's what they tell you to do. And it's traditional. But man, I couldn't get away from this. And so I'm going to follow the Lord instead of following my instincts. Amen. I got to. I got to. You might get upset, but it'll be all right. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. We're going back to the OT. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. That's cool. The priest of Midian. And he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Say from the middle. Blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement, and though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? Sometimes scripture just tells it like it is, right? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Say that with me, from the middle. God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. 
I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. And then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. Come on, God is aware. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites now live. That's a lot of people. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, say go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Over the last few days, there's been a phrase that continually comes to my attention. I, I'm hearing it over and over. It's kind of like, okay, Lord, I get the point. You don't have to keep doing this. The phrase in the middle of it. Over and over. Everywhere I go, it's just screaming in the middle of it. And I think that God has something that he wants to say to some people who are in the middle of it today. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're in the middle of it. And you can fill that blank in with all kinds of things. You might be in the middle of, uh, uh, of something at work. You might be in the middle of a conflict with a family member. Come on, you might be in the middle of a promotion. Say, praise God. It's all good. You might be in the middle of one of those what-in-the-world moments we've been talking about but you might just be in the middle of it, and I think the Lord wants to speak something to you today. So we're going to name this series In the Middle of It. In the Middle of It. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you that you know what we need to hear. You know it needs to be spoken. And I thank you, Lord, that you already started speaking. And I just pray that as we unpack this story, as we dive into this series... God, that you will meet us in the middle, in the middle of it, that you will show up in the middle of all the things that are going on in our lives. Father, we need you, so we're calling on you today. We need you to speak. We need you to show us. We need you to help us to see what we don't need to do. We need you to show us what we do need to do. But Father, we're inviting you into the middle of it today. And I ask, Father, for your help sharing this message. Father, I pray it hits the mark. It hits the mark in each of our lives today to bring an awareness of who you are and actually what you're doing in the middle of it all. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've talked about my dad from time to time uh, up here, and my dad is a hero to me. I got a good dad, and uh, I got one of those dads who they just don't play. How many of y'all know those kinds of dads? just don't play. I mean, that man, he's a hard worker. He gets things done, and uh, he makes things happen, and uh, so many great qualities about my dad. Uh, but, you know, every hero, every superhero has their kryptonite. Am I right? And so my dad's a superhero, but his kryptonite is a phone. It's a phone. Um. I've been around the man for 47 years, 
And I've seen some things come out of him on the sake of a phone call, on the sake of a ringing phone that you know he needs the Lord. And we all knew we needed the Lord when the phone rang and my dad was doing what he did. My dad can go from working hard and enjoying what he is doing to losing his mind within seconds on the account of a phone ringing. And it's ironic because my dad keeps his cell phone in his front pocket right here. And he has this ringtone that would wake up your neighbors every day of the week. It is so loud. It is so annoying. And he keeps it right here in his front pocket. And when the phone rings, he gets angry because the phone is ringing. And I've tried over and over to tell him, Dad, you know they have this silent feature. You don't even have to hear it ring. Oh, son, I don't know how to do all that. I'm like, Dad, I can help you with it. But he just has it on. And whenever it rings, he just comes. He he just, it happens. It happens. I don't want to tell you more. I, I will tell you this story. One day I was helping my dad work on my mom's car. And we were changing the water pump on the car. I come from the home where we fix it, okay? Uh, we don't pay for it, we fix it, amen? I know, times have changed. Yesterday, we did a little project like that around the house where we fix it. Thankfully, my phone didn't ring because I probably would have repeated some, some generational practices. You call them curses, I call them practices. <laughs> we were working on the car, and my mom was at work. My mom worked at a bakery. She baked cakes, made king cakes, praise the Lord. And mom had to go to work that morning. So dad brought her to work so we can work on the car. And he and I were uh, changing out the water pump. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you do those projects, it doesn't go as planned. Y'all know that. And uh, just some people, they don't realize that. They just want to know how long is it going to take? Well, you never know how long it's going to take. Because there's something wrong with it. Amen? There's something wrong with it. We're always in a hurry. Like, slow down to realize that there's a real human being that's got to get in there and fool with what you broke. Okay? And so, we're in there in the car working on this thing. And uh, I could tell you stories from that day. But I'll leave that for another Sunday so you'll come back. Uh, But I remember, man, we were in the thick of it. And not paying attention to time. Well, mom needed dad to pick her up from work at noon. We were not paying attention. And dad's in there just really trying to reach his arm around that one little part to get his fingers down there to to turn a bolt that he could not see with his eyes, but you have to see with your hands. And unless you've been there and done that, you have no clue what I'm talking about. Like, you can't get a mirror with a flashlight to see anything. You just got to go in there with your hands, and, uh, like, he's all in it. And, and of course, my responsibility as a child was to hold the flashlight. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Any flashlight holders in here? Anyone still scarred from holding the flashlight? Yeah, yeah. Hey, here's the line that every dad says to his child who's holding the flashlight. Here's the line. Hold the light so... I can see, not so that you can see. You see what I'm saying? We should write a song out of it. Some of you right now, you're twitching because you're reminded of holding the light. So we're in the middle of that whole debacle, and Dad's trying to reach around to find a bolt that he can't see with his eyes and all these things. And don't you know, 
the phone rings. Now, this was before cell phones. This was one of them phones that you hung on the wall with the phone cord that could stretch about 50 feet. Y'all know those? Oh, yeah. He had one of those on it. And so we had the door to the house open. It was a cool Saturday morning, and the phone began to ring, and he's got his hands all up in there, and, he's, and I'm holding the light, and I'm at a dilemma. Do I put the light down to go answer the phone? Because it's like the phone's a trigger for the dude. And if I can get the phone to stop, everything's going to be all right. But then if I put the light down to go get the phone, that's another trigger. What am I supposed to do? I'm stuck. And so we had a box fan set up on the side of the car so that, you know, you have some cool air blowing on you. Uh, because you sweat when you do that. It's not because it's hot. It's just pressure. It's just, I can't see. I don't know really what I'm doing, but we're going to fix this thing. And the stress level is up. Come on. Any people know what I'm talking about here? Or am I just the only person that lives this life? Just trying to be relevant. You know what I'm saying? Just trying to reach the masses here. And, uh, and so in his attempt to quickly and abruptly go answer the telephone that is ringing, and I'm just sitting there holding the light. I ain't moving, because this is going to be bad. (laughs) He pulls his hand out, and when he does, he turns, he knocks the box fan off the side of the car. It's like rubbing on the side of the car. Probably scratched it up just to get to the phone. And and my dad loves my mom a lot. (laughs) I'm telling you, they've been married for 50 years. They just celebrated the big 50-year anniversary, still going strong. But I have to tell you, when he answered the phone... He said, why do you have to call me now? I am in the middle of something. (laughs) Some of y'all are feeling it, man. Some of y'all are feeling much better about your family and about your life right now. You're like, man, even the preacher's got that at the house. Hey, we're people. You know what I'm saying? We're just people. And our cars break too. And, um... So he comes out the house, and he's not saying a word to me. I'm just still over there. I ain't moving. I know how this works. Jumps in his truck, takes off to go get her. And um, Anyway, I could tell you so much more of that story, and I just I love my dad. I don't want to give any more than that. <laughs> He'll be here soon. You can ask him about it. I'm sure he'd love to tell you all about it. But today, I'm going to talk to somebody who's in the middle of it. In the middle of it. And maybe the phone is ringing and driving you out of your mind. Come on. There are times that, uh, let's just admit it, we get ourselves in the middle of it. Let's just admit it. Before, before we start dealing with all the other people that do this to us, let's deal with ourselves. Am I right? There are just some times where we walk right into it. Or hold on, hold on. Let me say it like this. There are times where we just talk right into it. You ever been there? It's like, I did not ask for this, but here we are. And then you're trying to figure out, how did we get here? Mmm. Mmm. Y'all, y'all know that feeling? The mmm feeling. Then there are some times where God just puts you in the middle of it. It's like, Lord, you really trying to get me to follow you some more? 
Because that strategy really puts me on the fence sometimes. Because I can really function in some old lifestyles, some old language, whenever I get in the middle of it. Come on, somebody. Can Can we get real here today? Where it's just so, like, default. It doesn't take a lot of training to produce that. It just happens. And it just so happens that it comes out so easily when you're in the middle of it. And so sometimes we do it. Sometimes God does it. Sometimes other people just bring you right on in the middle of their mess. Just right. And it's like, I didn't ask for all this. I just wanted to go to lunch. I did not know we were going to talk about all that. I don't need to hear all that. Come on. Amen. But now I know. And this is the one conclusion I'm going to draw. You're crazy. But we're friends, so I can't tell you that. But I'm going to take an opportunity over the next several months to cut up crazy like a good steak and make sure you eat it and know you are crazy. And you done brought me into this crazy. And I don't want nothing to do with it, but here we are. (laughs) Am I talking to anybody in here today? I could have entitled this Caught Up in Crazy. But people already got opinions about church, so let's not give them any more to talk about. Am I right? So maybe, maybe today you feel like you're in the middle of something. Maybe you're in the middle. Maybe you're having a midlife crisis. You thought about buying a Harley Davidson motorcycle because you thought this was going to fix it. It's not, and you're going to look weird when you're riding on it because that ain't you. A couple of you, yeah. Others of you, don't do that. Okay? Just love you enough to tell you. Um, maybe you feel like you're lost and you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, or maybe you're in that middle ground where you're waiting on God. Waiting for him to speak, waiting for him to do something. Maybe you're in the middle of a big decision that you got to make. And you're, you ever pray, you know you're desperate when you pray this prayer, Lord, give me a sign. Yeah. You ever pray that? Lord, give me a sign. And so you, every sign you see is like, is that it? <laughs> is that it? Lord, if you just give me a sign, you're just looking for a sign. And it's like, the Lord's like, I ain't going to show it to you till you quit looking. <laughs> um, maybe you're just confused. Maybe you just feel stuck. I really believe this message um, is for you. And I want to look at Moses because Moses is one of the most iconic leaders in the Bible. And for that, sometimes we don't feel like we can relate. But when you see his story and how it unfolds, you realize, oh, okay, he's one of us. He's kind of like us because he, he's not just one of those favorite people by the Lord where everything went great, which, by the way, there's not really any of those people, although we think that. You know what I'm saying? Like we think, oh, there is that magic marriage out there where they have no problems. They're hiding it. Or there's those kids who are perfect. They're living under a threat. Mama said, if you act like that in public, I will take you out. So you're going to act like you obey us? (laughs) That parenting, it's effective. Let's just say it that way. It's effective. Take your kids to a wedding. You'll see. 
when I look at the story of Moses, I realize this is just a common person who God did some things in his life. And it led him to the place to where he became the significant leader. But all the things that he had to go through to get there really makes him who he is. And I feel like you need to hear that today, especially if you're in the middle of something. Because usually if you're in the middle, you just want it to go away. You just want it to stop. This is what we like. We like starts and endings. I love to start something. And I love for things to end. It's the middle ground. You know what I'm saying? Like some of you, you can't go see a movie. You like the beginning. You hate the middle. Just tell me how it ends. Oh, we don't want to ruin it. Just tell me how it ends. Because we like definition. We like things that are figured out. And so whenever you start talking about the middle, this is where we have a hard time. And Moses is what I would consider a middleman. He's really a middleman. Because he always seems to be in the middle of something. And today what I'm going to do is use this story to give you some things to consider when you're in the middle of it. I, I just want to give you some things to consider. Today, it's not my job to unfold a whole bunch of practical steps so that you got 18 steps to stepping out of the middle and reaching the end of that season so you can start a whole new season and everything's going to be better. I don't have that power. I'm not that good, okay? But I have learned some things throughout my walk with God that there are some things in the middle that God can do that if you don't get it, if it, you don't allow the Lord to do it when you're in the middle, the next start isn't going to be what you thought it was going to be. And the ending is going to be delayed even longer. Amen. And so in Exodus 3, we see that Moses is in the middle of something. And really, when you, you, you look at where he's at, you can say he's in the middle of nowhere. He's in the middle of nowhere. And his story, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. His story starts out like this. And I'm going to use the word middle a lot because I'm trying to connect you to this, okay? Moses was born in the middle of a mandate by Pharaoh. And this is what the mandate was, that all Hebrew children, all Hebrew boys that are two years and younger, Pharaoh had ordered that his soldiers would go through and kill every one of them. He's born in the middle of that. So before you get all excited about iconic Moses from the Bible, you got to look at where he's coming from, and this is where his story starts. There's a mandate from Pharaoh that all of these male children, Hebrew children, two years and under, they have to be destroyed. He was trying to operate a little population control because they were multiplying so fast. And he was fearful that eventually if they multiplied that quickly, they were going to take over his kingdom. You got to see this. And so he knew something's got to be done. Well, tucked up in the middle of this mandate, there so happened to be a young man, a child that was born that the devil knew we can't have that. So we got to take him out before he even gets started. Kind of reminds us of a story in the New Testament. Because at the same time when Jesus was born, there was a mandate from Herod that all the male children that were, that were of Israeli descent, two and under, they had to be killed. 
Same thing. It's, a, it's incredible how the Bible has some mirrors in it. You can see some things from then, and you can see it later on in the New Testament. And so Moses is born in this, and his mom is so desperate because she doesn't want to lose her child. And so she takes her son... And she places him in a basket. Come on, some of you, you're rewinding all the way back to Sunday school, going back to children's church when we told the stories and memorized the scripture. And so Moses is placed in this basket and his mother sends him down the river in this basket just hoping that God would do something. So Moses starts out in the middle of a mandate. Now he's in the middle of a river and God only knows where he's going. Think about the implications for his mom to completely take it out of her hands and put it in God's hands in the middle of all of this. You want to talk about parenting, that is in none of the books you read. I don't know where you find that online. Google it. You're not going to find it. So now Moses is in the middle of this It's the Nile River, man. And he's floating in this basket. And don't you know that he's brought to the place by the current or the hand of God to the place where Pharaoh's daughter is bathing. Now, this was a common place for her. She sees the basket. She hears the child. And she takes him in as her son. Like, I, I want you to follow the story here because only God can write this kind of story. Only God can write this kind of story. So she takes the child in, and she needs someone to nurse the baby. And so he tells his servant, go find someone who can nurse this child for me. Well, that someone runs into Moses' older sister, and she says, oh, I know somebody. It's Moses' mama. Hold on, because some of you ladies are about to get really impressed with this. So they call for her, and they bring her in. They say, okay, you're going to take care of this, and we're going to pay you. Uh... We're going to pay you to take care of your own child. Every mom right now is, why is this not the Mother's Day message? Am I right? Why are you preaching it now, Pastor Wade? Save it a few weeks. Isn't it crazy how in the middle of all of this, God is doing stuff? But you don't see that when all you can think is that all these children are going to be destroyed by this Pharaoh. You don't see it whenever you think about a mom putting her child in a basket and sending him down a river. You don't think of all of that because all you can think is this is so hard. This is really rough. I can't see how God's going to do anything. Well, God will put it in your hands. Good luck. That's a lot of times how we do it, by the way. It's not, God, I put it in your hands and I trust you. Most of the time it's, God, I put it in your hands. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Hope it works. So now Moses and his mama are now in the middle of a whole new situation. Can you imagine Moses' mama? Lord. What are you doing? Hold on. How did I wind up here? I just need that to settle a little bit because some of y'all are in some of those places where you said the same exact thing. Some of you, you got jobs you have no business having and you know it. 
you faked it till you made it all the way through that interview. You know it. And it was the hand of God that got you in there. Come on, you better praise God for it. Okay. Anyway, some of y'all like, I ain't saying nothing because I don't want anybody to think I just don't have it together. (laughs) We know. (laughs) So here's the first thing I want you to consider if you're in the middle of it. Maybe God moved you to the middle. I know. I just want you to consider it. I'm not saying that's what it is. I just want you to consider maybe the middle of what you're in right now. Just maybe. I'm not trying to play prophet and tell you, oh, thus saith the Lord, you're in the middle of this because God put you there. I just want you to have a perspective to consider perhaps God moved you right into the middle of that. I know. (laughs) That's not the first point that you want to start with, Pastor Wade. That's like... Don't share that point (laughs) kind of material. But when I look at this story, I see how God's hand brought Moses from the womb of his mother through through the waters of the Nile River to the place where Pharaoh's daughter was washing. God was moving him the entire time. God's hand was moving him the entire time. But it looks like God moved him not just to any place, but he brought him right into the middle of all of the controversy that was going on in their world at that time. He moved him right into the middle. And I think about this. Do you know that that when, when we set up chairs in here, one of the things that we know is no one likes the middle seats. I don't like it. If you don't believe me, be an usher. Everyone likes to sit on the end. And you know why? Because we like access. If I need to get out, I need to get out. And I can't do that whole excuse me, excuse me, excuse me thing. I just need to get out. (laughs) Pastor Wade may say something I don't like and I got to go. By the way, we see you when you move. (laughs) It don't matter how discreet you are. You know the duckers? We see you, bro. We can tell. Other people, they just have, like, like no regard. They just, like, get on the other side of the curtain, on the phone, having full-blown, out-loud conversation. Yeah, girl, I'll meet you for lunch. We hear you. <laughs> we hear it all. And walking 10 more feet, we still hear you. I don't know. You say, you trying to address something? Maybe, but there you go. No one wants the middle seat. We like the end seat because everybody likes the easy way out. We like to get out of here easy if I have to. But when you're in the middle, there's no easy way out. And we don't like that. And surely our little Christian bubble has led us to believe God would never put me in a position like that. What Bible are you reading? Seriously, like go all the way back to the garden. God gives Adam and Eve this whole entire garden. Run naked, free, eat everything. Oh yeah, there's a tree in the middle of the garden. Need to leave that one alone. And which tree did they mess with? The tree in the middle of the garden. Are you kidding me? We put up a sign. Still did it. In the middle. Maybe God wanted to put you in the middle. Maybe that's the place God has been moving you to because he knew that's the place where you were going to depend on him finally. 
I know, man. I had to say it. Um, you say, God, I want to grow. I have found most of my growth in my walk with God happened in the middle. It's not on the ends and it's not on the start. It's in the middle. That's where you really got to trust God. Like when you become impatient, you need the Lord a lot when you're impatient. Am I right? When everything's fine, you don't struggle with patience. None. Fine. Oh, we'll wait. That's no problem. When you're in the middle of it, one little thing. Explosive. You repent more when you're in the middle. Am I right? You pray more when you're in the middle. You don't feel like worshiping when you're in the middle, but you do it anyway because you're thinking, maybe i got to worship my way out of this. That's what they keep saying. If he's moving you to the middle, learn this lesson. It's his hand that's on you, that's getting you there. It was the hand of God that led Moses where he was going. It ain't just the currents. This ha- the, the way this unfolded, it wasn't just by chance. It was the hand of God that led him there. So let's keep going. So Moses grows up in the palace and he sees the harsh treatment that his people, the Hebrew people, are experiencing as slaves to the Egyptians. He now has a front row seat to it. He wasn't just on the outside. Now he's on the inside and he sees all the operations. He sees how it's all happening. And um, one day it reached its peak. This is how you know Moses is a human being and not just a Bible icon, okay? He's a real human being. One day, this, this oppression reached its peak because Moses saw one of his Hebrew people being mistreated by a slave master. And I'm just going to draw the conclusion that Moses had a temper problem. Just going to draw it because I've had one at one time in my life. And Moses rushed to the aid of this man and killed the slave master. And watch this. If you want one of them shows, one of them podcasts to listen to, he buried the body in the sand. And you thought the best stories weren't in the Bible. That's good stuff right there. Kills the man, takes him out into the middle of the desert, buries the body, and comes back like everything's cool. And feels a little justified about it because it's his people. And they're oppressed. And somebody's got to do something in them, all right? But somebody saw it all happen. And now Moses is in the middle of it. Moses done got himself in the middle. Why'd you have to go and do something like that, son? Am I right? Why did you have to go do that? Why did you open your mouth? Why did you tell them we were coming? We don't want to go. You don't want to go. But now you said we're going. Can I keep going with that? Because there's so many of those instances, so many. And Moses has now gotten himself in the middle of this mess. And now he has to flee from Pharaoh because he wants to get out of the middle of this mess. I got to get out of here because I don't like what's happening. And he winds up in a place. And of all places, guess where he winds up? Midian. He's trying to get out of the middle of one mess and winds up in Midian, M-I-D, of all the places. I told you, it's speaking to me. I read it and all I see is middle, mid, all this stuff. And Moses flees and he goes to Midian. And no matter where he goes, Moses 
is in the middle of it. You ever felt that way? I worked at the last job and I was in the middle of it. I got out of there. I got in this job and here I am again. I'm in the middle of it. Went to that school, was in the middle of it. Left that school, went to the new one. I'm in the middle of it again. This is Moses' story. And he's in Midian. And he's at the well in Midian and seven daughters of the priests of Midian. They're drawing water for themselves and for their livestock. And they were attacked by some people. So guess what Moses does? He gets in the middle of it. That's why I say he's a middleman. And he rescues these daughters of the priests. I want you to consider this. Maybe in the middle, God's dropping some clues for you. Just maybe in the middle of all that you're in right now, maybe God's trying to drop some clues. Here's the question I have. Why is God allowing Moses to see all of this? Why does Moses always feel like he has to do something about what he is seeing? Like there's so many questions, like when you're in the middle of it, but there's also some clues that are there as well. We just have a hard time accepting the clues because we already in the middle of enough. And if I agree with it, I'm going to wind up in the middle of all of it. And that's not what I want. Can I get an amen from somebody in here? Y'all feeling it? I can tell. But God will put you in the middle because he's putting some pieces together. He's actually putting some pieces together, showing you some things, helping you to see some things that you would not see if you were not there. Come on, somebody. Think about putting a puzzle together. Everybody loves the edges. Am I right? Because it's defined. Oh, that is a corner. How do you know? Well, I can tell because it's a straight line on this side, then it curves slightly, and then it's a straight line on that side. That's the corner piece. And this is an edge piece because there's a straight line. Oh, yeah, well, what about this piece with all the squigglies on it? Yeah, I don't know where that goes. I don't, I, I'll do the outside, y'all do the inside. Come on, there's, those people are here. Oh, my gift is the outside edges. You still got to work the middle. You can't just be gifted for the outside. God said, I need you to come on the inside. Come on, we, we, we've gotten better about the things we can get out of and the things that we can get in. But what about the things in the middle, things like commitment? I'm not just talking about, yeah, I'll do it. I'm talking about after you said, yes, I'm going to do it. And now it's not what you thought it was going to be, but you still said, yes, I'm going to do it. See, commitment is a middle word. It's a middle word. It's not a start word. It's a middle word because commitment from the start is just your mouth. Can I say it that way? That was a little aggressive. Okay, I'll back off. But commitment in the middle is who you really are. That's character. Come on, somebody. So if you're in the middle of it today, maybe God is piecing it together. Or let me say it this way with a different spelling of peace. Maybe he is piecing it together. Because the feeling is that I can't have peace as long as I'm in the middle of it. Pastor away. that's why I want to get out of it. But to learn the reality of who God is isn't just to get out of it to find peace, but the power of God expresses and pours out peace in the middle of it. 
So you can meet, you can be in the middle of a war, all-out war, and still have peace because peace isn't a feeling, it's a person. Come on now, y'all done making me preach. Peace is a person, and I want you to know God is in the middle of it with you. And he's just piecing things together, but we see it as a threat. We see it as a problem. I want the end seat. I want the edge of the puzzle so I can get out of here. And God's like, I want to bring you in it, not because of all of this around you, but because of what I'm doing in you, in you. I'm trying to work some peace in you in the middle of all of this chaos and craziness going in your life around you. The chaos doesn't have to come in. It doesn't have to come in. And God will bring you in the middle to show you that. Like, think of this. You want to teach somebody to swim? This is old school. You know what they used to do? I know. I know you got trauma from it. I grew up in Louisiana. You didn't know what was underneath that water. It was black. It wasn't brown. It was black. Could have been like an anaconda, alligator, prehistoric creatures coming out of there. They just throw you in. You learn to swim. Dad, I didn't know I could do that. I know, son, there's a lot I'm going to teach you in your life. How? I'm just going to throw you in the middle of it. Some of y'all, look, you're looking at me right now like that's abusive and stuff. But some of you, you did that at your job interview. You said, all kind of, oh, yeah, I know how to do all this stuff. You got that day on that job. You sit there and you close the door in your office. You're like, all right, Lord, it's me and you here. I believe you have opened an effective door for me. The only problem is I'm not effective in these areas. And unless, watch this word, unless you intervene, which means come and get in the middle of this with me. We're going to be rolling pennies for gas money. You better help me out. It's amazing the faith level that occurs in the middle. It's amazing the prayer. I remember students, man, when we were youth pastors, you want to see a student get spiritual? Give them a final in a class they're struggling in where they got to pull an A. They'll sit there and question everything in the Bible until that day. Pastor Wade, I need you to pray for me. I just really sense the Lord. And I really need the help of the Holy Spirit to help me to remember all this stuff. Oh, well, I will, I will pray for you. You study. I'm trying to study. I just can't remember none of this. I need you to pray to help me to remember all this stuff because I've got to make an A. Or my parents are going to kill me. They're going to throw me in the deeper end of the water. Maybe God brought you right there to show you peace like you've never knew because you thought peace was feelings. He said, Pastor Wade, you you talking today like you ain't in the middle. I just know what happens in the middle. See, Moses had no clue what God was up to in Midian. One of those girls that he rescued wound up becoming his wife. Check that out. And it was in the middle of him just taking care of a situation. So consider this in the middle, maybe God has something for you there. Maybe God has something for you in there. Maybe what you've been praying for wasn't at the start and wasn't at the end, but it was in the middle, the place you don't want to go, the place you don't want to get in. We like mountaintops. We do. We love them. And God 
He provides on mountaintops, but he also provides in the valley. And everywhere in between. Like we talk about mountaintops like it wasn't nothing to get there. Some of y'all, a slight incline on your morning walk. I'm going back the other way. Come on. Sometimes the blessing, the provision is in the middle. In the middle of it that you're in right now. It's in the middle of it because maybe what you thought the blessing was is not really what the blessing is. Because you might think the blessing is something that you get instead of someone that you're becoming. Someone that God wants you to be. But we don't spend our time looking at things in the middle. We look for ways out. I know. I do it too. That's why I'm preaching this. Because I know it's something that we all struggle with. And you might not see it in the middle, but God sees it. And he is the God who sees. That's why they call him Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Because he sees. If you're in the middle of it right now, I need you to know God sees it. He sees what's happening. He sees what they're saying. He sees what they're doing. He sees exactly how it all unfolded and you wound up in the middle of it. God sees it. And he is there. And I want you to know that if you're in it, God has something for you in there. He has something for you. One day in the middle of taking care of his father's father-in-law's sheep, in the middle of the wilderness in Midian, I'm just trying to set the context, this is where the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Ah, it would be great if the Lord showed up in the prayer closet, right? Like in my prayer time that I dedicate every single day, like, Lord, if we're going to have an appointment, let's do it before work. Let's do it before school. Let's do it before the kids wake up. And the Lord's like, no, that's not a good time for me. <laughs> Moses is just trying to take care of his business, tending these sheep. And the Lord appears to him in a blazing fire in the middle of a bush. And God calls to him, watch where? From the middle. God speaks to him from the middle. All these things that are happening, God's not speaking. It's just arrangements being made. But it's in the middle. It's in the middle of this bush where God finally got him to. This is where God begins to speak to him. Most of us, we're afraid of the burning bush. We don't, oh, i got to get away from that. Moses was drawn to the burning bush because he was a middleman. And I think we need to learn how to be some middle people in here instead of just being outstanding and everything. Maybe God wants to move you to the middle. Maybe he wants to put you in the middle of it. And so he, he brings him to this place in the middle of nowhere and he speaks to him from the middle of a burning bush. And this is the assumption. And I just want you to consider, maybe God is just trying to get your attention. Maybe he's just trying to get your attention because you are so fixed and focused on how you operate, how you do it, how you want it to happen. God, not my will, but yours be done. But this is how we're going to do this. Yeah. 
So now he's all up in the middle of this. And God now has his attention. And all this time, this was the place God was trying to get Moses to so he could speak to him. And in the middle, God gives him his mission. And now it's adding up for us. Because we see the story, how it unfolded. Middle of a mandate, middle of a, of a river. Then he got this murder, wound up in Midian. Now he met his wife. And now God's speaking to him from the middle of the bush. I kind of feel like God's trying to tell the brother something. Yeah. Am I right? You go through all of that and just live life casually. What are you waiting for? And we have these types of events that happen in our life over and over, and we never think God might be trying to get my attention. God may be trying to tell me something. No, we just busy. God bless something. Bless everything. Make it good. God's safety. I just want safety. I just want everything to be quiet and safe and like no problems. And God's like, do you really want to see me work? Because what you're talking about is not just being outstanding. We're talking about standing outside of everything that I'm doing. Because God's in the middle of it. God is in the middle. And God did all of this because there was something that he was trying to tell him. And if you're in the middle of it today, God is trying to get your attention. Because there's something specific that he wants to tell you. Not to get you out of it, but to get you through it. Amen? To get you through this. And as we finish today, this is what I need you to see. God was with Moses all along. All along God was with him. God's hand was on his life the whole entire time. You say, what about that time he made the decision to kill that man? He broke one of the commandments that he's going to bring down from the mountain before he even got the commandment. God's hand was still on him. He was crazy though. He had to do something. But God's hand was on his life the whole time. And you could see it now that God was in the middle of it. And he was working in the middle of it. And that's how good God is. Can you see it today? Are you changing your perspective, beginning to realize, wait a minute. Maybe we're walking through this for a reason. Maybe it's been like that for a reason. God, why has it been like this? Why am I always in the middle of it? I thought about this. Mankind can do their worst and God will still get in the middle of it. Last week we celebrated Easter and when Jesus died on that cross, if you remember where he was crucified, he was in the middle. There were three crosses but he was the one in the middle. See, he's called a mediator between God and man. He knows your need, but you need some representation to the Father because your sin continually separated you. Your fears, your doubts was driving you away. The decisions that you were making to try to figure it all out, to control it, to keep it from happening, to make yourself feel better. It was pulling you away from God. And God said, we better get in the middle of this because if we don't, they're going to go so far away. They'll never reach me. They're trying to do it through good behavior. They're trying to do it through all of these personal changes, but they need more than a personal change. They need someone to get in the middle of it for them. They need a personal savior. And Jesus said, I'll go in the middle. I'll stand in the middle if it means getting them to you. 
let's go put me in the middle of it with them so that they can get to you and in the middle it's important for us to realize i gotta stay connected to him and so if you're feeling tempted to draw away from god draw away from your commitments to god draw away from all the things that god's been putting in your life you can't allow these distractions to pull you away because you don't like the middle you say i will stay in the middle because this is where my father is gonna meet me he's not just gonna take me out of it he's gonna take me through it because there's something he's working in my life something he's developing I didn't know I had that strength till I went through that I didn't know we could deal with that kind of pressure but then we went through something and in the middle of it I realized God was with me I didn't know I could handle that kind of thing but God gave me the grace to do it I didn't know our family was capable of doing all this but then we went through that and God was with us all the way through it, even in the middle of it. So Moses was a middleman, but Jesus is the middleman. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you're in the middle of it, you're in the middle of it. It could be at work. It could be at home. It could be you are in the middle of all your own personal emotions and brokenness. If you're in the middle of it, I want you to stand to your feet today. And I want to pray over you. Maybe your business is in the middle of some stuff where it ain't looking good. Maybe you got yourself into uh, a situation because of some decisions you made and you like, Pastor Wade, this is not easily undone. And maybe it's not that it needs to be undone. But you feel like you're in the middle. God, you have our attention you've got our attention come on lift your hands to the Lord those of you who are standing those hands raised it's just that sign God I need you that's it Lord you have our attention and we're done trying to figure it all out we're looking to you to give us clues we're looking to you to help put the pieces together Father I pray today you begin to speak speak to speak speak Lord bring reassurance Father Tell them that you're with them. Tell them, Lord, you're with them. Tell them that you're right there in the middle of it with them. He's with you. He'd never leave you. He's not forsaking you. He's with you in the middle of it. In the middle of it. I want the rest of us to stand this morning. Next week, we're going to keep going with this. We're in the middle of it now, y'all. We're in the middle of it now. Maybe you're here today, and yeah, I know we just celebrated Easter. But have you surrendered your life completely to Jesus yet? Or are you, are you ready to turn off the religious show 
trying to look like you got it together and let the Father help you put it together? Are you ready to surrender all of the parts of your life to the one that is putting it all together? Are you ready to let the Father bring forgiveness? Today, He wants to meet you right here in the middle of it all. See, you don't have to clean it up to come to the Father. He already knew it was there. He just wants you to come to Him. That's what He's been waiting on for you to get to that place where finally, finally, and today is that finally moment for somebody in here today. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you to repeat this prayer. If you're making this decision today to surrender your life to Jesus, He's in the middle with you. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for standing in the middle for me, for representing my life, even though it's full of brokenness, wrong decisions, sin, and all the goodness that I can muster. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross so that my life can be redeemed. I make this decision today. I put my faith and trust in you as my Lord and Savior. I receive forgiveness. Thank you that you're washing me clean. And today is a new beginning. It's a fresh start. I'm leaving the middle of all of my mess. And I'm stepping into the middle of all that you have for me. I surrender my life to you. I choose to follow you. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen.